Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Charleston was once the rage of
cannot be described unless you taste it. But it does taste of liberty, and it does taste of hope, and not the kind of hope that comes with presidential campaigns, but the actual real stuff that comes from people, from humans, from people that care enough about themselves, each other, and the future of mankind to actually do something to make a difference. And that's what this is all about. Um, I am not the most popular kid in the room sometimes because I have messages that <clears throat> might con contradict or contrast uh, some of the more popular ones, such as, quote, legalize it. You see that all over the place. Uh, reform. We're going to reform stuff. Yep. Well, those are all things that are good and important on some level. But the truth is, none of those things are going to fix it. None of those things are going to make a world where my great-grandkids don't have to worry about getting locked up for the cannabis plant or any other plant for that matter. <coughs> We're going to get into that a little bit, but I have a gigantic show um, in store right now, and I've got a lot of guests sitting online already, and it's going to be difficult to get through it all uh, with the time that I have. So I'm not going to do the ramble on thing too much this show, but I do want to kind of introduce myself, this show, and the human solution to some of you who are not aware. Um, the Human Solution International is a little organization that started about nine years ago, and it started as a coalition. Um, and I've been writing about it on my Facebook page, much as I hate Facebook. I do have a public figure page where I'm sort of telling the story of the Human Solution and and explaining things we've done, things we do, and why we do them, and in hopes of, of informing and inspiring people to do more of them. But the genesis of the human solution came from a case, or more than one case, but my case in particular, and um, a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge about what causes a case and what can help it. And as I was reaching out, to people and looking for help. Um, this is, again, before the GoFundMe days and before um, social media was so prevalent in our lives. We actually talked to each other. We actually communicated, you know, on the phone. It wasn't text to text and IM to IM and all of that. We actually engaged. And I believe that that's the key to our success. And, and a bunch of us got together and decided, you know what, maybe we should do more, and we became what we called the California Cannabis Coalition that ultimately was the precursor to the Human Solution International. And from the very beginning, we were dedicated to the notion that prohibition is just entirely wrong, and there is no right way for prohibition to exist. And it really doesn't matter if you're following a state law or an ordinance or, or whatever, because in the end, you're breaking federal law, and at any given moment, your freedom, your property, your livelihood, and those of everybody around you could be destroyed, could be vaporized and damaged beyond repair because, again, of this federal law, because of the policy of prohibition. And so as we have moved forward in the last 10 years, um, you know, many, many states have enacted legislation, cities are are creating licenses and um, you know we're even making a little bit of grounds in federal but the truth is if you've ever sat in a federal trial and I have sat in many none of it matters 
You know, when you sit in a federal court, the judge will tell the jury right off the bat. He'll say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I want to let you know that you are in a federal court right now. And there are no state laws, no ordinances, and nothing of any medical nature that would actually apply in this courtroom. So I need you to um, dismiss any notions of that. And only federal law applies in this courtroom. And when the defendants try to come forward with memos that were made by attorney generals, the Ogden memo, the Cole memo, all of these different memos that have come out in the last 10 years, the judge will say this, this is not the law. The law of the land is one thing. It's the Controlled Substances Act. And cannabis is Schedule One on the Controlled Substances Act. What it means is no, you cannot have it. You can't have a seed. You can't have a plant. You can't grow a plant. You can't make anything from a plant. You can't carry it. You can't sell it, trade it, give it away, ingest it. There's nothing. You don't get it. No plant. And that's that's what we're up against. And so, you know, regardless of, of you know, what we think about, you know, being legitimate and legal and compliant and all of this stuff, the truth is we're all breaking the law. And until we end prohibition, until we end it completely, none of this is going to end. And, again, I'm starting to ramble a little bit, but I just want everybody to realize that as we move forward with legalization, as more and more states and more and more cities and more and more counties and more and more groups are getting together and they're passing these laws, every single one of these laws are flawed. And what happens when you break these laws, it's not like anything else, okay? If I'm a tomato farmer or if I'm a little kid trying to have a lemonade stand or if I'm a, you know, an immigrant and I have a little ice cream cart and I'm trying to make a couple of nickels to feed my family and I get shut down, I'll likely get warnings. I'll get um, uh, maybe a cease and desist. I might get a fine if I continue to, you know, be blatantly uh, non-compliant. But I won't have all my stuff taken, and I won't get thrown in prison or jail, and I won't be charged with felonies. And that's the difference with this law and all the others. Any other business, if you're not in compliance with the ordinance or you're not paying your taxes or you're not doing the thing right, it's not a crime and you're not going to lose your property. And I wish people would get that a little bit more. But when they do get it, guess who they call? <laughs> they call people who care. And they often call the human solution and they call um, you know, people who know and have been through it. And that's, that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're up against. We did not do a live show probably for the last, I think, five weeks, four to five weeks, and the reason why is because people have been busy at summertime and, and I've not been able to really schedule uh, some decent guests and I haven't been able to put together uh, a show that I feel worthy of this audience. Uh, we have uh, an incredible audience of people who are interested in making the kind of changes that I am, and that's what it's all about. So if you're interested as I am in making the world better, I'm not going to just sit here and ramble on about something we've already heard. I, I, if I put a live show on, I want it to be worthy of, of me spending my time and you spending your time on it. Today is no exception to that. In fact, I just returned from Denver, Colorado, and um, a lot of things happened in Denver. Uh, initially, I was invited to uh, a VIP event, um, and thank you, Amy Don 
Hilda Brandt for uh, putting that together and and uh, inviting me to speak. Um, it was a very uh, eye-opening and uh, inspiring event where there was a bunch of people there. There's a lot of industry people there, and I have mixed feelings about most of them. However, um, you know, there's so many people that are them and are becoming them. I don't want to be disparaging. I just want to be real. And so most of the industry folks that I've come in contact with, and I'm sure there's lots of exceptions to that. I hope there are. But most of the industry people I come in contact with feel um, entitled. They feel superior. They feel like they're doing something amazing and they have protection because they have some sort of compliance. They've done something in a way that they got a little piece of paper that says you're all right. Um, but if you have ever, again, been on the front lines with the bloody tip of the spear, you'll see that so many people that have had those papers and and credentials and whatever have ended up in the courts and have ended up, um, you know, being accused of being drug dealers, being accused of being drug manufacturers, just as, as the government sees us. And so when I come to these events with my message of we're not done yet, but we have a lot to do, it gets met with mixed emotions. And this was no exception. Um, but I saw a lot of acceptance in a way that I don't normally see, and a lot of people did come up to me and, and thank me for being there and ask questions. And I did see a lot of solidarity ribbons being worn. And, and when I explained what they were, um, it seemed like the people wearing them took pride in it. So that's how this trip began. Um, and it continued on. We had a golf tournament that I was able to spend some time with some folks that um, ultimately we got together and decided to form a coalition. And uh, we sat together uh, for several hours and worked on a plan um, to actually end prohibition, <laughs> some little thing like that. And so we have members of this uh, newly formed coalition, um, still not officially named, uh, but very strong and, and um, very inspiring and very capable. I've never worked with such a capable group of people that were not only capable but willing, focused, and um, most of them had strong experience and ties. They had a dog in the fight. So I feel very strong that uh, we're reaching outside of the cannabis movement. We're getting to the mainstream where we need to be um, on, a, on August uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th, we're going to be attending a conference called Netroots, and it's a it's a progressive um, mainstream uh, activist conference, and it's not a cannabis conference whatsoever. And so uh, we're going to be representing the Human Solution, and many of the other members are going to be representing their um, parts of this, and it's it's exciting. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. I've only uh, taken 15 minutes of time. Remember, folks, uh, Craig Cecil is likely to call in around 5.30. So if you are on the air uh, talking and Craig calls in, just realize this man is serving a life term um, for pot, and he's calling from federal prison at great risk to his own what little bit of freedom he has left. And so um, we respect the hell out of Craig, and we um, honor him by giving him a, a, a voice every time we're live on the air. All right, those of you who are on the air right now, um, you have either call, contacted or gotten in through the link that's all over Facebook, or you have called in 
And the number to call in, again, is 646-929-2495. And if you are currently on hold right now listening and didn't tell the screener that you had something to say and you're listening to a guest and you have a question, a comment, or just something you want to say, all you got to do is hang up and call back and tell the screener that you have something that you want to say. The second way that you can do it, uh, there's a number you can press, and it's pound nine, I think. I'm not sure. Somebody will remind us. But there's a button that you can press, and it will actually bring you to the top of the list. And if I see somebody jump to the top of the list, I'll realize that they have something to say. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to bring up, uh, we've got Dolores and Michelle and um Two cases that are are just the perfect kind of a case for human solution members uh, to participate and and uh, make a real difference. And let's bring up Michelle first, and then we'll go to Dolores. And here we go, Michelle Button. Michelle, Hello. welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thanks, Joe. How are you today? I'm well. Good, good. So, Michelle, um, what I want to do actually. Um, we're going to do this with Dolores as well, but uh, you have a specific mission. And um, right now you're in a spot where a letter uh, from somebody who was in the community that would vouch for your character and be a reference um, could be helpful to you. And we, you, you did everything we asked you to do. You came on the show. Um, you, you put up a little page about your court support. You've reached out um, asking for help. You made it easy. You even told us what to write, how to write it, where to send it to. Um, and how many letters have you received so far? 25, 26. Whoa, beautiful. Then what we did yesterday must have worked. Oh, well, that is in total like people in my community and my church. Also. Okay, okay. But, but that came out of this. You said there was three that you had gotten, and that's where I was yes. really – so okay. it so has that the same, grown by me continually posting, please, please, please. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm groveling to your feet, please. Yeah. And how many do you have now that came out of that? Um, about eight that brought me up okay, to well, 25. That's more. That's more than it was. Well, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I I have been posting your uh, your link all around, and I'm actually going to write a letter right here on the air with you and we're going to show people how easy it is and what we're going to do is um, there's I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of by hook or by crook do whatever it takes to get people to come around and when I was fighting my case I would do everything I would I would trick them I would kidnap them I would I would <laughs> I would beg them I would I would bribe them I would feed them I would you know drive them there whatever it took right and, and, and that's and what I've been no saying. Stuff. I'll pay your postage. I'll do whatever exactly. you need. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna up the ante, and and this is gonna go for Dolores as well. And so we're gonna do a thing that any letters that come in um, from now, from this point okay. now until Friday, and we're gonna tell everybody how you can do it because you think, well, how can I get a a, a letter to the East Coast um, in a night? Well, you can do it easily, and we'll we'll show you how. But every single person that does send uh, a letter in uh, from this point right now until until then is going to get um, a volunteer membership of the Human Solution. And so 
typically, and it's going to be good for a year. So typically in order to get that, you would need to either, you know, agree to uh, volunteer, you know, a chunk of time uh, on, a, on one of our projects, or you'd have to pay, you know, your dues. And um, so this is something that it's something that we do, and I just figure if, if it's something that I can offer, an, an actual you can be a card-carrying member of the Human Solution, simply by writing this letter and getting it to Michelle. Now, the second thing we're going to do, and this holds true with Dolores' letters as well, um, but I'm going to randomly select a name out of the letters that are written that have been submitted after today. And if you've written one before, send another copy or just say, hey, I heard this and I want to be in the running. But we're going to randomly select one winner out of all the people that submitted letters, and we're putting together quite a prize. And I have a little company called Willow Creek Springs, and we make um, all-natural skincare products, and this is not an advertisement, but it's a donation, and we're going to donate a nice basket of our products to the winner in addition to a bunch of human solution stuff. So, look, <laughs> if this isn't enticing enough, and then the next thing we're going to do is we're going to show everybody just how easy it is. So I got Thank I have right now a pen, a pen and paper, and Dolores, uh, we're going to do the same thing for you, but we'll not go through the whole contesting, um, but it's there. Um, it's, it's, it's for all, all immortality. I, I'm going to ask all of our listeners and anybody who, who you know, cares enough, um, and especially anybody who has ever been helped by the human solution, uh, it, it's a strange thing. Most of the time we've helped probably hundreds of people over the last nine years, but more than 100 people for sure. And a very, very small percentage of them ever stick around after their case is over. And a very small percentage of them I've ever seen do anything for anybody else after their case was over. And this is a call-out. I'm going to call you guys out. I'm going to challenge you to, if you've ever been helped by the Human Solution, if you're ever one of those people that called me up sobbing and crying and, and, and so in need and, and, and you're about to start trial and nobody's there and please, 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 and we do. We show up and we make it happen and we bring people and we, we, we counsel you and we're there for you and we care. Um, now's the time. Pay it back. If you didn't pay it forward, pay it back. Uh, write a letter. Come on. This is easy. So anyways, i got a piece of paper and a pen sitting right next to me. And so everybody, you know, gather around. Grab a pen, grab a paper, and let's do this right now. So Michelle, um, guide me through this letter. So who am I writing this to? Um, you may write it to Burke County, B-U-R-K-E, Superior Court. And um, okay. their address, I'm pulling it up right now for you. I just don't want to incorrectly speak. We'll pull it up while we're talking because this is what we call okay. there, and they so, just love me for um, that. <laughs> we'll write their address in. Oh, here it is, 201 South Green Street in Morganton, M-O-R-G-A-N-T-O-N, North Carolina, 28655. Um, my attorney said to whom it may concern because we're not sure yep. what judge we'll get. That's always appropriate to whom it may concern. Um, the date, obviously, and if you could reference my case number, 
My okay. case number is 16, C as in cat, R as in Robert, S as in Sam, 2031. Okay. Um, and if you could just tell the court that you're writing on my behalf um, what you feel the medical purposes are for cannabis, if you could reference All right, the so wait, wait, let, let, let's get back to this just a second. So um, this is this is a letter um, in support of a, a plea deal, right? Yes. Uh, my lawyer is trying to negotiate a plea deal where I will get what is called in our state a deferred plea with a 90-96. And that means I will accept and plead to the manufacturing marijuana for my husband's epilepsy. And I'll take whatever fines, fees, sentencing, not jail time, only probation or community service is the most they can give me because I'm a level zero offender with no priors. And uh, the 9096, when I complete all of what the judge says, whatever hours of community service and whatever fine is paid, my case will be expunged pretty much. Okay. So the idea is is we want to reference this as somebody who knows you. I'm going to write something like um, uh, Michelle has agreed to uh, accept uh, a plea deal on regarding this case. I have known Michelle for whatever, make up your or or or, or lay out uh, yeah. your connection. Um and and then you want to lay out that I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I typically um just try to connect with you as a member of the community. Um and and it's not important whether we've met or not. The fact is we know each other. And that you've been a productive member of the community that you've not ever um, done anything that 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 left a victim, and that um, you know, due to the the current state of of the law, that we're still fighting for. You know, this is still this is still considered a crime, although you know, in in soon coming days it won't be. And I would make mention perhaps of the the known and the the emerging medical facts of the value and use of this plant and that that um, 30 plus states across the nation have adopted medical uh, laws and it's just a matter of time before this is accepted across the nation in its entirety um, and that the most important thing is that you do not have to go to jail um, and and we've always said that that's one of the things that we're so adamant about you know if you if you operate a business without a license and you defy the courts over and over, you might get hit with a misdemeanor or a fine or something and be asked to shut down. But you're not going to end up with a drug felony on your on your record, and you're not going to end up losing your kids. You're not going to end up losing your job and having all your stuff taken, and you're not going to go to prison for it. And we just believe so strongly that there is nothing inherent about the quote-unquote crime of possessing or cultivating or manufacturing this plant that would warrant any sort of jail time. So um, I think that bringing to the attention the the uh, character of the defendant, that that you do not have any, you know, no prior history, no, um, you know, no victims in your wake, and certainly this is, um, and, and you're a law-abiding person. You didn't do anything to, 
to, you know, be a defiant criminal. You just needed to help somebody who needed it, and that's it. So I would recommend keeping this, you know, to a paragraph or less, um, and then, you know, sign it sincerely or whatever you see fit. But that's it, folks. I mean, what did that take? Yeah, describing easy, it easy. and everything. What's that? And they can they can email me a photo of their letter. It's the yes. easiest, quickest way to get it to me is just use your cell phone, it, take a picture. Exactly. Write this letter handwritten, sign it handwritten, take a picture of it, and send it in an email. That's what I'm going to be doing, and I will post it once I I, I, I scratched out some some notes, um, and I will actually finalize it while I'm not talking on the phone. I'm okay at multitasking, but I'm certainly not uh, <laughs> not good enough to write and talk at the same time. Um, so <laughs> that all being said, um, you know, this is, this is a, a big part of what the human solution is all about. And frankly, folks, this is the easiest thing that somebody can do to make a difference in somebody's life. Um, this is just, you know, it's what, it's what this is all about. Now, Michelle, I'm going to ask you this question, and and this is an important question. Um, yes, sir. I know that we haven't so far, you know, lived up to my hopes as far as, you know, hundreds of letters that I would see as easily to be had, but we did, we have so far gotten some, and, and my guess is that we'll probably at least double what you have, which will make a difference, and it always does. I've sat in so many courtrooms and, and watched as judges acknowledge letters that were written on behalf of a defendant. And I've also sat in courtrooms where people were sentenced and had none. And the difference is always important. Um, and this is Craig Cecil calling in right now. So oh, I'll, I'll hold. Take... I'll hold. But, but, no, well, but, but the point that I have is I want to ask you to please stay with us after this is done. Of course. <laughs> I've, I've already and, started and a letter for, the, um, for the, your next caller. I saw her post on your site I, with all of her information about being a nurse and, you know, using it for the her husband's eye. And All right, here, I'm going to bring up Craig now. Yes. Hello, Craig, how's it going? Welcome from Terre Haute, Indiana. Well, Craig, I, I uh, missed you the last couple of weeks, but um, we are back in, in live and, and in full tilt here, and um, I just got – Back from a trip to Colorado. Remember, I was telling you about this uh, um, these conferences that are coming up, and um, I tell you what, we've we've made some big inroads. I've I've connected with some uh, amazing people, some movers and shakers, um, some defendants, some um, industry people, some people that um, you know, literally across the nation, and uh, we've agreed to sit down and and form a coalition to uh, um, really just focus on ending prohibition all the way. And we've got a, a significant plan, and um, in a couple of weeks in Atlanta, we're going to continue um, in getting ready to, to begin executing this plan. And so all this, yeah, it's unbelievable. So um, online right now I've got three people that are fighting cases, one in Colorado, um, one in Missouri and uh, one in North Carolina, and two of them are are specifically re looking for letters to be written on their behalf. And we're actually I've, I put out um, I put out a, a, a prize. I've, I'm giving everybody that writes a letter a, a, an annual 
Human Solution membership, and we're going to select one person that writes a letter uh, randomly for a prize that um, we're going to be donating a, a, a nice a nice prize to. So we're uh, we're we're all over it this week. Well, I'm hoping you can email the information to me, and uh, I can write. This call is from a federal prison. I can write a letter from a perspective that few people have. <laughs> Absolutely, I I will send that to you tonight after the show, um, and and I'll um, you can even forward the response to me, and I can get it to to the defendants right away, so um, that they'll, they'll be able to get it in time. Fantastic, because in the 15 years I've been in federal prison. I've learned so much about the absurdity of uh, of drug prosecutions generally, but I mean, more so marijuana than anything. I mean, it's a drug that America approves of. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like criminalizing beer. It's just, you know, it just, most people just don't accept it as being illegal. <laughs> Well, you're you're right, and uh, it's it's just crazy. And and you know this coalition I'm telling you about, we're really dedicated to the to the notion of um, completely decriminalizing. And and we have a provision in our mission to make sure that all of the the prisoners that are there for pot have been released, that there are no more pot prisoners. And that's 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 part of our expressed mission in this. It's not just passing some law. It's not just making it okay for something to happen but not something else. It's really finishing the job. Great. Right. It's not about getting rich with marijuana stores or whatever. It's more fundamental, it sounds like. It's entirely fundamental. It's, it's all the way down to the civil rights nature of this problem. And we're going to begin in Atlanta, the heart of the civil rights movement. We're going to literally... Dig in, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go toe to toe with it out there. Well, if you happen to drive past the federal building, you can know my case is currently on appeal there <laughs> in, the, in the federal building. But I think we heard some good news from uh, Cory Booker today, if I if I heard the news right. <laughs> well, why don't you share it? I know that uh, you tend to have some of the most current information of of anybody out here. Well, from what I understand, there's a bill put in by uh, Representative Cory Booker to uh, that does a number of things for marijuana, and first and foremost, it removes it from the Controlled Substance Act. Secondly, there's even provisions in the bill, or at least from the information that I've received, that addresses people like me and others that have prior marijuana convictions that are... Uh, either like me keeping them in prison or other people keeping them from permits and, you know, you know all the different liabilities that come with a, a felony conviction. So it, it's really open, from what I understand of the bill, it's uh, finally recognizing at a federal level that marijuana is just not the, you know, that America doesn't accept that marijuana to be the evil that the, the laws seem to, you know, paint it as. So I'm pretty excited about the prospects of that, and hopefully the press will keep it alive and, uh, you know, that this will get the, the attention that, you know, something like this needs so it doesn't just get swept under the rug by the myriad of, uh, you know, previous bills there's been to declassify marijuana. Hopefully this one this one sounds encouraging because it's already getting some press public coverage. So yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I had a couple of people bring it to my attention, 
And, you know, it, it seems to be indicative of what hopefully is a trend of of not just, you know, us crazy activists, but uh, actually legislators that might actually be listening to their to their constituents. Um, you know, there's gonna come a time where if you if you're not supportive enough of this, you're not gonna get elected. And and as more and more of us are getting informed and you know, that's part of the mission of the whole uh the the coalition is to get outside of the people that we already uh have, but to go to go in places that we haven't been and to do things we haven't done. We're talking about putting together PSAs, um, uh, commercials, billboards, reaching out to uh, musicians and and celebrities, sports figures, and we have connections to do it. Part of this coalition is really um, capable in, in, in reaching some of these untouchables, and we're going to craft a message that's golden, that's, that's clear and concise, and it's already, we have the truth behind us, so I'm really confident that if we can get a little teeny bit of funding, we can really start blowing this thing wide open. Oh, and especially a coalition of different groups, you know, which, you know, have different networks and different pushes. You know, if you all have the same message, but across all these different groups, it, it would add so much power to it. Well, that's exactly the, the key to this, is we have a, a farm, an urban farm consultant company we have uh, a tax reform company. Uh, we have people connected to the media. Uh, we have patient um, patient groups. We have, um, you know, uh, the the head of Peachtree Normal, which is one of the most unique normal groups that there is. It, it's not really like the rest of them, and they are very much like the Human Solution in the work they do. They they actually support, um, uh, you know, the the defendants, and they have a prison outreach element and they just uh they're they're very they act very much the way we do in a lot of this and um it's it's really um it's really inspiring to see this diverse group of people getting together and i can see the i can see what can come of it and i'm just excited to watch it blow up and it'll be nice to see a group come together for sanity. There's been so many groups recently that have just turned people off. Uh, and just to give one example, I know one that stirred up a lot of controversy with Black Lives Matter. Right. And, uh, I mean, and you won't have the pushback that groups like that have. And I, I, that's where I see, you know, so much more potential because you, you people actually have a goal. And it's a goal that most people in the country support. Well, it's a goal that covers across all of the lines. It covers across the race lines. It covers across the age lines. It covers across the gender, uh, you know, the, the sexual uh, proclivity lines. It, it, it cuts across religious lines. It really, it, it's really such a broad-reaching civil rights problem that it, there's not really hardly anybody it doesn't touch. And it's pretty easy to come aboard and, and say, yeah, you're right. You know, it's not so much of, oh, those people or those people or those other people. It's really all of us. And it's, I, it, it's one of the few things that I've felt so good about. You know, in the last couple of years, we've been laying a little bit low because I've been trying to sort of rebuild and just reinforce things. And now I'm ready to come out swinging. And uh, I really feel like the time is right. you got – 
all these people pissed off about Trump and Sessions and all of these things happening. And the the reality is, we we had this conversation that they're starting to wake up. You know, they're 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 paying attention. The the it's a perfect storm to make something happen like this. Oh, and you have Trump that's gonna he's gonna ride with whatever the masses want. You know, like he signed the Russian bill today just because he was outnumbered on it. I think he'll feel that same pressure for marijuana litigation. Oh, absolutely. One question I have though <laughs> is uh, Georgia as a as a launching post. As you know, I was sentenced as a first time offender in a federal courthouse in Gainesville, Georgia, to life without parole. Right. For conspiring to distribute marijuana. And Georgia is seen as one of the most, you know, punitive states in the country. So I'm wondering well, here, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're gonna. We decided we're gonna. We're gonna take it to the very worst place we can find, and we determined that Georgia was certainly in that group. And we figure if we can get this done there, we can take it anywhere. And and that's the goal. Okay. Isn't to just gain one little spot. We're gonna go balls to the wall out here, Craig. We're gonna go nuclear on them. And and we're doing it with purpose and focus. And I, I, I wish I could, um, you know, send you a, a recording of the meeting that we had. It was just so inspiring and 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 so driven. And we're we're actually I think I can send you a copy of of our notes so you can see what we're working on. I think it's really important that you can get the thrust of what we're doing right now. This is going to work. And and I I know that once we begin to execute it, people are gonna open their eyes and go, Holy crap, they're right and and it's gonna it's gonna be a domino effect. Okay. And I do like the logic of going to one of the toughest <laughs> You know what? Yeah, it's a good place to start. You know how do you how do you get into a real tough school, right? You beat up the toughest guy and then you then everybody respects you, right? I mean, you just gotta go in there and you gotta take on the bully. <laughs> so we're gonna go in and take on the bully. <laughs> That's fantastic, and I like that. Like I say, you know, Georgia is for you know uh, just a really rough justice system down there, where people spend years in uh, jails over uh, traffic violations, things of that nature. And, Oh, it's worse than that, Craig. It's it's so bad. We we have several members of this coalition that are from Georgia, and they were explaining how entrenched the govern the local governments are, and it's 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 even you know it's even worse that you know in such a, a civil rights hotbed, um, even the 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 local officials um, are, are sellouts in the worst possible way. And so we got a big, a big battle ahead of us. But like I said, I think that if we can show that we can do this here, and if we can get people to stand up and feel empowered, you know, that's the key to it. It's just getting everybody to stand up and saying, "Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to take that step forward." And when enough people do it, it's going to fall over. That's just the way it works. And it'll certainly. Well, and that's just it. You know, if if we were to try to take this fight to some little 
you know, some little nook and cranny where they're already halfway there, it maybe how inspiring do you think that'd be? But if we're if we're willing to jump into the fray and just take on the you know the 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 meanest toughest thing we can find, it's more likely to get support from all around. You know, people love to. You know what? You might actually get. You might actually in Atlanta, Georgia, than you would in Davis, California, exactly. just because you stand out so much more. Oh yeah, you bet. I'm planning on standing out plenty. <laughs> Well, you can't say we shy away from a fight, that's for sure. No, no, you, you definitely took on the, the biggest meanest one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Craig, that was your first beep. That means you got a, a, a minute or so till your second beep. Well, well, thank you for keeping hope alive, so many others. And uh, like I say, I'm going to keep an eye on that Cory Booker uh, law that's at least been launched today. And I. And I definitely want to see more and more for how the coalition's going to work down in Jordan and everywhere. And, you know, and I'd like more information to spread it as, you know, I hope everybody else is, you know, sending the little piece they have to 10 other people so that, it, you know, everything can continue just blossoming. Well, folks, you heard it. This is Craig Cecil's uh, uh, thoughts, which happen to be really good ones. So, Craig, as always, um, I, I'm – Glad to to have your voice be heard, and I have a feeling you already got cut off. So, um, folks, if you don't want to hear it from me and you don't want to hear it from anybody else, listen to a guy who's already done 15 years on a life sentence. Um, you know, it's time to get together. It's time to stand up. It's time to, uh, you know, put aside your differences. It's time to... Look at the end goal. What is your end goal, folks? What is it? Um, if it's to create a world where people don't get locked up for cannabis anymore, you've come to the right place. If it's for anything else, keep listening. Maybe you'll change your mind. All right, Michelle, you are still live on the air, um, but we got to get moving. We've got a lot to do. And, Absolutely. Um, I've given you uh, – actually, you and Dolores get kind of the lion's share. Everybody else is going to do a, a brief interview as a prelude to a future one. Um, but you're you are the time sensitive case, and so is Dolores. So you guys are going to get a a little extra. But do you have anything uh, anything last you want to say before we get moving on? I uh, nope. That I just appreciate everyone's help, um, and that it you are right. It, people are not afraid of a single bee, but once we form together as a hive, then that's when they get scared, and that's when we can make change. And that's where we got the sting. <laughs> All right, Michelle. Well, thank you so much. I'll be reaching out to you a um, little bit later with my finished letter, and um, we will go on from we'll go on from there. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all oh, your help. Oh, you betcha. All right, folks. Michelle Button. And remember, if you get your letter, um, all you have to do is look on Facebook and. Um, she has all over the place posted where to send it, or you can send it to me, and I'll make sure she gets it. Um, and All right, so now we got Dolores. Dolores Halbin, um, longtime guest of this show. And Dolores is a nurse. Hey, Joe. And Dolores has gone through horrible, God, the worst of the worst, and, and so much so that she lost a spouse over this and um, just has, has dealt with the case. And now... Uh, you're facing sanctions uh, against your nursing credentials, and they have uh, why don't you my tell license. us? They they did pull it. They did pull my license, Joe. Um, 
my we God. were busted on the 18th of March in 2014 for my husband's cannabis garden he was using for glaucoma after failing all trials and being kicked out of the hospital to have his eye removed because we didn't have a down payment. We were there on a federal grant for the uninsured, and our medical center lost the grant, and nobody told us till we were in post-op holding, and they were getting ready to start his IV that they needed money that day. So we left the... We left and went over to see my mom, and she said her uncle had had glaucoma and used to smoke cannabis around the stove with her dad, and she just didn't understand why Gene wouldn't try that to save his life. And so he did, and it, it was it was really miraculous where five the five approved medications for glaucoma didn't work and seven surgeries didn't work. This did, and he didn't have to go through eye removal surgery, but... Unfortunately, we were turned in a few years later and busted for his garden. Um, we were both arrested and put in jail. During the week we spent in jail, they didn't. They set our bonds at $25,000, even though we were elderly and lived in the community, had jobs, never had any criminal background. We had gotten a lot of press about the bust and made the sheriff's office look bad. So it was a retaliation to pick us both up and to charge me as well. They they didn't medicate Gene in jail he had a heart attack, and ultimately, after having five toes amputated, he picked up a septic infection in jail in his toe from his diabetes and his blood sugars being out of control because they didn't give him any insulin. And uh, he died Thanksgiving of 2015. Um, I sold our house to pay off our legal, medical, and funeral expenses, and I'm living at the good graces of my family and my grandmother's old house down in the Ozarks now, raising chickens and goats and dogs. I was doing good until March of this year, three years after the drug bust, when the mail lady pulled in with a certified letter from the State Board of Nursing, pulling my nursing license and charging me with moral turpitude. Um, Moral turpitude is defined by a praised uh, act of um, definition here somewhere. Depraved act. A depraved act. It It is used for rapists, incest, uh, child molestation, murder, uh, prostitution, armed robbery. Those are all acts of moral turpitude. And gardening. And, and gardening, yes. Gardening cannabis <laughs> plants is moral And I'm only turpitude. laughing because of the ridiculous nature of this. It is, it is it's, ridiculous. It's so ludicrous that this could even be happening right now. It so, is. I was charged with misdemeanor possession. The hearing and all that—you were supposed to be able to go before a well. My a panel. hearing is my yeah. That is a, a week from Thursday, the tenth, and that's what my attorney Dan Beats has asked for letters from patients supporting medical cannabis. Um, again, emphasizing, like you said, with your uh, Michelle, with Michelle, no. yeah, Michelle yeah, Button, the, yeah, Michelle, that this is legal for medicine in thirty. You know, District of Columbia, especially the District of Columbia, that senators can go right. get it. You know, but we can't. Um, as far as cannabis and glaucoma, uh, Robert Randall took on the federal government and won his case. They busted him for his glaucoma garden in the 1970s. And in 1976, he won a Supreme Court decision stating that cannabis was indeed a treatment for glaucoma. Based on that, the government's glaucoma program started, and they started sending 300 pre-roll joints to people with glaucoma. Um, Robert was responsible for that. 
that program was stopped in the 80s by Ronald Reagan, but the remaining patients sued. And I believe there is either one or two people left today getting that from the the uh, yeah, Albie Musica and um, Al- Albie, Irv yeah. Rosendahl. Uh-huh, are still getting their, their, yeah, but at the same time, federal government, as they're distributing cannabis, is calling it a class one, you know, with heroin. Yes. So those are the kind of things that I need in my letter. Um, And other than that, just basically the same things that you said about Michelle's letter. And I did put a post about my case on your page, I believe. Yeah, I, I have seen that now, so... Um, all right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm going to make the same offer again and just reiterate it. Um, everybody and, and Dolores, just send me a list of names um, uh, of people that have sent you letters so that I okay, know I who's in the running. But, but everybody okay. that writes a letter for either Michelle or Dolores um, becomes automatically a, a, a volunteer member of the Human Solution for the next year and we'll be in the running for an amazing prize that we're going to f- select randomly out of people that have written these letters. Um, it's That's just cool. that Thank important. Thank you so much. Well, I, I appreciate you know that. What? I, I have had letters written for me, and that's one of the reasons that yeah. I'm not in prison today. When um, yeah. When I was convicted, I needed letters at my sentencing, and I – Beat that drum just like I'm doing right now, and I got you know over 150 letters written on my behalf, and that was one of the factors that caused the judge to recuse himself at my sentencing, and 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 that set in motion the climate for me to be able to overturn that conviction, and it's just one of the pieces of the puzzle, you know it's not everything, yes, it but it certainly can help, and when we're fighting for our lives, you have to use everything, every single thing there you is. Do. And you, you can't do. hold back and you can't forget anything. You just have to go balls to the wall and do everything you can. And, and you know, folks, if you've ever either written a letter or had a letter, letter written for you, um, it's, it's powerful stuff. I still have all the copies of all the letters that were written on my behalf. And every once in a while I go back and I about those letters, Joe. Yeah. It is one of the hardest things in the world to ask people, isn't it? Uh, it's it is brutal. so hard. It's brutally I difficult. I, 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 I hate asking anybody for anything. Give than receive. Yeah, it is. It, it's, not, it's not so much better to give than receive, but it's a hell of a lot easier. I would not easier, try to be on the sure. giving end. <laughs> I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm glad to finally be able to be doing giving rather than asking. Um, yeah. know, hopefully it stays yeah. that way. But that's the yeah. that's the reality of it, and this is just again, it's yeah. something that everybody can do, and and yeah. just imagine, okay, I mean, think about it. You guys ever go to these events, the the cannabis cups, the concerts, and all that? How many people are there? You know, thousands, thousands, literally yeah. thousands. Even even these little events that I've gone to, I just went to a, a golf tournament. That was a cannabis sponsored golf tournament. There was a hundred and some people there. Imagine if just each one of those guys that that thought it was important enough to come out and spend a day out on a golf course with cannabis yeah. on their mind would just take that five minutes, five minutes, and write that letter. Because yeah. I guarantee you, yeah. if you needed that letter written, you would want that to happen. So come on, this is yeah. the time, you know, the golden rule or whatever it is, pay it forward, pay it back, pay it sideways. But let's do it, folks. We just need to do this. I can't be more 
more adamant. Well, Dolores, is there anything else? We've got a lot to do and a little time to do yeah, it. Yeah, so, I, uh, I know. I just There's just one thing I want to say before I, I get off of here and yield the floor, Joe. Sure. Um, Robert Randall and his wife, Alice, Alice Randall O'Leary is with the American Cannabis Nurses Association. She is an activist. Her husband is the one with glaucoma. And they wrote a book together in 1998. And uh, in the book, Randall says this, and this is about the state of Missouri. And I, I can't tell you how angry and upset I am with our state right now. But Randall writes, seriously ill Americans are caught in the crossfire as drug warriors on both sides of the cultural divide try to turn the sick into cannon fodder. I've been solicited all day long by both camps in Missouri, both the medical camp and the pro-legalization camp. Missouri will be the last state in the union to get legal cannabis because we are crabs in a bucket. We will not unite for a cause. We will not support each other. It is one camp against the other camp with patients dying in the middle. And I am so, I am so distraught with our state. It has me in tears tonight that we can't pull together the legalization movement and the medical movement, work together and get a petition passed so we save people's lives is absolutely inexcusable. There, There is nothing going to happen when we are pulling each other down and refusing to unite. That is why cannabis is still federally illegal in this country, because we don't work together. And I, I just had to get that off of my chest. No, you're, you're so right. We have to and work that's, together. That's why we're forming this coalition, and that's why we're – we're marching, we're getting out there, and we're, we're getting those that get it to get our message together and bring it to those that don't. And, and you know, my guess is that uh, Missouri's not that damn far from Atlanta. My guess is that I'll be uh, coming across your bow before you know it. Hey, kiddo, you got a place here. i got four empty bedrooms upstairs. <laughs> uh, hey, it was we that, it was that four sausage here. that got me in. I, I, I'm yeah. all about it. <laughs> all about it. I got well, some you'll in the be seeing me for you. sooner than later, okay. I'm sure. Um, Dolores, just know that um, you're, you'll be getting your letter from me tonight, and hopefully, many, many more. And again, oh, thank you, Joe. That's, that's what it's all about. So, um, just, just we're going to keep going. Um, we're going to be going live for the next several weeks. Um, we've got guests lined up to do deeper interviews and so hopefully uh when is you actually your hearing my hearing is a week from thursday so i'll call back in okay so come on next Wednesday week and we'll do you know. one final push for letters yeah. and um because okay. you can always print them out uh, whatever got uh emailed over so um we'll, we'll do well, a final right. push next um, week my attorney would like those emailed to him, Dan Beats at gmail dot com. It's capital D, capital V, and his address is in that post that I wrote. Yeah, yeah, we've oh, got it. Becca's been doing great about great. Uh, sharing it all around, and we will continue awesome. to do so. When I get my letter right. drafted in a in a legible form, I will uh, take a picture of it and get it out there, and so everybody oh, can see thank it. Thank you guys. Well, Dolores, I love you guys we're so, so much. there for you and. You know, if I had a way or if it come down to it, it became important uh, that I be there, I'll do what I can. Um, just just well, know thanks. that that's Dan how important Well, thanks. Dan has said no people. We're not 
we're not trying to get publicity here, but just letters. So the letters are great. Well, letters Thank it you. is. <laughs> and we'll talk beautiful, to you next beautiful. week. Beautiful. All right. Thank you Take so care, much, dear. Lois. All right, folks, um, we got a lot coming up, but we do have, jeez, uh, we got a lot, of, a lot of people on the line. We're gonna, we got an hour left, and I've got probably about, I don't know, five or six people um, to come on, and and I met some amazing people in Colorado, um, and some people I met in Colorado that I had already met before, and come to discover um, how amazing they are. <laughs> uh, just remember, folks, everybody is in each other's world for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I write about this a lot because it keeps getting, you know, pushed in front of my face. And we do um, – people come into your world when they need you. And, Ashley, you're coming up next, so don't worry about it. <laughs> and then we'll have you on for a longer interview. That's the whole point. I'm going to be doing some introductory little five-minute interviews that will probably turn out to be ten. And then we're going to do an in-depth interview in the next upcoming weeks. Um, with these people, and, and, and hopefully we'll be able to do live shows for the next uh, next good long while. But the, the point is, the human solution is, is a slice of humanity, as you might imagine by its name. And people come to us mostly when they need us, mostly when, you know, they, they have been affected by prohibition. They got raided, they got arrested, they, got, they lost their kid, they lost their job, they lost something. Somehow, some way... Uh, they've been a victim of the war on drugs, a victim of prohibition, and, and somebody told them, hey, call these guys, they can help you. And typically, you know, what they need is money and a lawyer, um, but then they find out that they actually talk to somebody who cares. That's probably the hardest thing to find out there, somebody who actually cares. Uh, there's enough members of our organization that have lived it, um, lived it with other people, uh, experienced it personally, um, on, on multiple fronts, um, both in supporting people, both in being supported, and, and realize the value of that, the value that transcends the lawyer and the money and the whatever else, the publicity of it all. Having somebody who actually cares and, and can, can empathize, sympathize, and help at the same time is, is just priceless. And that's what we offer. And and hopefully, you know, the people that have volunteered their time and helped out with other people, they're the ones that have really, to be honest, benefited the most of all this. And, and that's kind of our secret. You know, you come to find out as you become a volunteer that the secret is helping other people is like the ultimate blessing. You just, you can't, you can't describe the the feeling, the the experience of of doing something worthwhile for somebody else, and and um, it, it's just something that you can't you can't describe. Anyways, that being said, that's the reason. That's the most people come to us for a reason, and that reason lasts for a week, a month, or or six months, or whatever, while that experience is going on. And there's a lot of seasons. People that that are moved so much, and they think that they can help. Um, they'll start a chapter. They'll they'll become active. They'll participate. They'll write up a create a, a Facebook page, or they'll start writing or or doing some work. And you know that that works for a while until you know you get tired or your, or life catches up to you or your health or your you know your work or 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 the fact that mostly this is very thankless. Um, as much as I say the volunteer is is super rewarding. 
you will do a lot of very thankless work, and you'll do work that sometimes will piss people off, and you'll oftentimes, you know, create adversaries and enemies by trying to be helpful, and and it's it's daunting. Most people, uh, you get hit with that, a a good deed going punished, like most of them are. Uh, most people walk away after that season, but there's some lifers. There's some good lifers out here. We have some people that I believe are in it all the way to the end, uh, in it till prohibition is over, till my kids, my grandkids, and my great-grandkids don't ever have to worry about getting locked up for this plant. No matter what, just it won't be a crime anymore. And and those are the people that slowly but surely we're bringing together. And whether it's under our banner or their banner or a coalition banner, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that we're standing together and that we're going to make this difference. So I'm very proud and very pleased to be able to introduce to you some of the people that I have come in contact with recently, some I've known for a while um, and just met, and some I just met uh, to begin with. And so we have Mark Peterson on the line, we have Ashley Weber on the line, and we have Sharon Raybert on the line, all part of this coalition and um, amazing people. So I'm going to bring Ashley up first. And um, this is just going to be a little brief five, five to ten-minute um, intro and what we're going to do is lay the ground for a deeper um, interview in the future, in the next weeks and months. So without further ado, Ashley Weber from Colorado Normal. Welcome to the show, Ashley. How are you doing? I am doing great, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. And, um, you know, um, you, have, you have just um, been quite an inspiration um, as I've gotten to know your body of work a little bit. And... Uh, um, you know, I don't know where did we where did we first meet? I mean, we we met in person just the other day, but um, where did we talk originally? I know we spoke a while ago. I I originally called you and spoke with you on the phone, and you were you were in California, and uh, I had created a logo for you. Um, and oh, uh, that's right. Yes, yes. You, you created the uh, Colorado. The, you created the fake the. The, the fake chapters logo <laughs> inadvertently <laughs> inadvertently yes <laughs> but it's but actually a I really cool you... logo it's too... go ahead no go, go ahead go ahead i just said i it's a it's a really cool logo i i i hope those people haven't been causing anybody any more problems i'd like to actually get a copy of that because um, it never went to me, <laughs> it went to them. <laughs> but but you, you incorporated a heart with the ribbon that was actually really cool, and um, it's 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 so much it's so true that if those people had actually, you know, stood with 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 what we were about, they would have been welcome as a chapter. Um, you know, we're all about the heart. That's that's the whole point of this. <laughs> you know, you talk about the yeah. solution. You can't have a solution without some heart, right? Absolutely, and you know, I I did it out of handcuffs because the heart, you know, will turn into handcuffs and or turn and, the handcuffs will turn into hearts, and yeah, so yeah, it's all about love, and and we're we're writing letters for people who deserve them, um, like like you did when you were incarcerated as well, and uh, exactly. I thank you a lot for doing that and and for for giving people the opportunity to be a member of Human Solutions for a year just for writing a letter. That's that's amazing. Well, you know what? It's it's one of those things that I just want to see these letters written. And you know what? If that's what, what we do, and, and, you know, 
you folks have no idea what this prize is going to be. It's going to be an amazing. Whoever wins it is going to be so tickled, and I can assure you this. I mean, you're going to you have no idea. I'm gathering um, donations for this prize. It's going to be it's going to be something amazing. You're going to just be totally blown away. Um, but that all being said, that's not why I want you to do it. I want you to do it because you've got two people right now whose lives are going to be affected by this. And imagine, yeah. you know, I just think to myself, if nobody had written me letters, I might still be serving a prison term. I mean, I don't know how much those letters weighed, but they weighed something, and they did affect it. So, um, yeah. you know, just seen so many courtrooms affected by this. So tell us just a little bit about yourself, Michelle, and I mean, Ashley, I'm sorry, I'm just talking about Michelle. Ashley, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and just what brings you to this, and then we're just basically going to set up the premise for the interview in the next three or four weeks where we're going to sit down and really get into your work and, and um, you know, yourself as a person, you're you're an incredible person who's uh, well, I'll just let you go ahead and ex- uh, begin this because I, I will certainly add to it. Well, when I first became involved in cannabis was when I uh, I found how it worked medicinally for me. And I was injured in a car accident when I was 18 um, in a drunk driving car, car rollover car accident. Terrible. I, I broke my cervical spine and I became a quadriplegic overnight in my life totally changed and um i was on just heavy pharmaceuticals i was in the month i was in the hospital for six months um after my car accident and just going home drugged out on on heavy pharmaceuticals and and not the same life i didn't i wasn't quite sure where to turn and how to turn my life to back to being a life and um once I found the medicinal uses of cannabis, I my life changed forever, and um, and then I politically got involved once um, I had a housing authority come after me for using cannabis in my own home because it's federally illegal, and that's that's how I became involved in it on a political level. And so you know you you, you just brought up a point, oh well, several points. But um, one of the things we'll talk about when we do a deeper interview is this whole issue with federal housing. And, you know, we talk about the, the, the cost of prohibition and the price of prohibition, and that's actually one of the points of our coalition is to develop a message that lays that out. You know, and it's not just losing your freedom and your property and your life, as we've already just brought forth, you know, earlier in the show, but, you know, people lose their children. You dealt with uh, uh, CPS or D- DCFS or whatever they call it out there. Um, mm-hmm. People lose their homes. A lot of people are, are living in, in, you know, federally subsidized housing, and you, there's absolutely zero tolerance. Um, and they'll look for any reason to, to cause you grief. And, um, you know, the loss of employment, the loss of – I mean, it's just so many – so many things, but this is certainly one I want to get into a little bit because I don't think everybody knows. Right, and uh, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of, that's low income, and um, and once you do that to the low income, it becomes a scare tactic, and when it becomes a scare tactic, then then we know how that goes, and the government likes to play that. Exactly. Well, um, you have your hands in a lot of. Um, in a lot of 
pies or you you got a lot of things going on um and uh you want to just give us like a real quick overview of the projects that you're involved in and then we'll move on but I do just wanted to yeah. introduce you and um just uh you know let everybody know the the kind of folks that are banding together right now <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm executive director of Colorado Normal at the present time. I am chapter leader of Parents for Pot, where we help families who have suffered from prohibition, such as Human Solutions does. Um, and a lot of families are, you know, with moms and dads getting incarcerated or, and they don't have any medicine or they're here in Colorado and they're refugees. Um, so we help those families out uh, here in Colorado and um, I am a mom of an eight-year-old, and I have my own CBD company, infant CBD company called the Gila. Um, and that's I, I love working with all of you, and and I have a lot of people, um, I guess that I help out with with cannabis in regards to education, mm. and as long you have as, no idea, uh, you you have quite a reach. <laughs> I've had a lot of people yes. reach out to me once they saw we were connected, and have uh, said nice things. So. Um, and please remember to send me that picture we took with me and your son. Um, all right, Ashley. Absolutely. Well, this was just really a little tease more than anything. Um, I welcome you to stay on listening. Um, I've got Sharon, Mark, and Bobby Rodrigo, and then we have another defendant, um, Aaron O'Neill, um, calling in or that are on the line right now. So we're going to try to get to everybody before the end of the show, and we probably have Tom Corby with uh, a NorCal report as well. So. Just everybody, this is Ashley Weber from Colorado. Oh, one one final thing, and I just want to bring this up. You live in Colorado where it's quote-unquote legal. How many people do you know fighting cases right now? Uh, more than I can count on my hands. Exactly. All right, just wanted to throw that out. Thank you so much for joining the show, and I look forward to seeing you again real Absolutely. soon. And we'll talk about um, uh, setting a more in-depth interview up in the next little bit. That sounds great. All right. Thanks again. Thank All right. You. Up next, I'm going to bring Mark Peterson, and then we're going to go to Sharon Rabert, and then um, Bobby Rodrigo, and then Aaron O'Neill. And so we've got a lot uh, a lot to cover. These are going to be sort of brief um, tease interviews, and uh, it's just going to lay out what's coming up next. We just have so many things going on. This is Mark Peterson. Um, I met Mark Peterson uh, in 20. 13, um, shortly after I got out of jail, um, his partner at the time, Regina uh, Nelson, had come and visited me while I was locked up. One of the, you know, you can only get so many visits, and I was fortunate enough to get them all, but uh, she was one that came out and saw me when I was sick and couldn't even talk. I was scratching out notes on a paper that you weren't supposed to do because I had no voice. Anyways, um, Regina and Mark had come out and visited me just before we were heading out on our uh, Journey for Justice tour on the cannabis when we went up to Montana for Chris Williams' sentencing hearing. And uh, we got a chance to, you know, meet briefly. It was just a whirlwind. I just got out of jail, and I was hitting the ground running, and, and so much was happening. We didn't really get a lot of time to spend together, but I knew Mark was uh, working with patients and, and uh, working with uh, uh, cannabis medicine, and he seemed to understand it in a way that I hadn't seen very much uh, of the type of understanding that Mark had. So I was always uh, interested in, in his work. Um, and as luck would have it, he moved to Colorado and 
things went south. So, Mark, why don't you take it from here? Just remember, we're going to try to do this in less than 10 minutes so we can move on, but I do want to introduce you to the audience, and then that. we'll schedule a future interview. I appreciate that. Well, yes, you know, I, I've, uh, I've been working in this. Uh, I've been a patient for over 20 years. I've been working full-time in patient advocacy for well over 10 years. Uh, for the last four and a half years, I've been uh, living in, uh, here in Colorado, and I've been working as a caregiver here. I have uh, produced cannabis soil and work specifically with the terminally ill, mostly late-stage cancers. Uh, I, I'm usually called in about the same time hospice is, and uh, so I, I work to try to improve the quality of life for patients uh, for whatever period of time that might be for, for them. So uh, as of uh, earlier this year, um, uh, you know, I've testified several times before the, uh, before the state. The work I do is, is very, very public uh, on Facebook as well as other places. I've been written up in magazines, and uh, I've contributed two books and done multiple, many interviews around the, the country talking about this work, and that is uh, providing cannabis oil and working with patients uh, in this fashion. I've seen many miracles. Uh, as of this last February, though, um, law enforcement, local law enforcement, used the death of a child as an excuse to uh, enter our home and um, basically um, turn my life upside down. Uh, I have been charged with five felony counts. Uh, again, too, as Joe said a little earlier, this is Colorado. And hmm. uh, for, for working with and uh, and working with cannabis oil and working with the terminally ill, I am currently looking at uh, five felony counts. Basically, for someone my age, at 60 years old, this is the equivalent of a life sentence. So that's in a nutshell. So, Joe, sorry. Well, no, no, and, and it's just the importance of this all. Um, you have already gone through your preliminary hearing, and I believe your arraignment is uh, September, correct? Yes, September 8th. Okay, so basically what I, what I would like to do, and, and I want to talk more in depth with you about your work more than anything. The case is really, we can't talk about details of the case, but what we can talk about is building community support. And um, yes. as the human solution, a lot of people oftentimes uh, have a wrong sense of what we're capable of and and the truth is we're a self-help group <laughs> we we teach you how to gather support not you know we don't have this you know army of people is you know a, a million strong that can just show up wherever wherever the need is but what we do is we know what to look for we know how to rally support and we know how to do it right we know how to orchestrate a, 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 a protest and a rally in a way that people don't get locked up. We know how to uh, effectively uh, provide support in the courtroom and, and do it in a way that doesn't get used against us. And, and we know how to, um, you know, get people to understand how to get people to help and all of those things. And plus we're willing to, to do whatever it takes. You know, when it comes time to a letter, hey, Members from all over the country can and should write. Uh, when it comes to, you know, physical bodies in the courtroom, I, I've been, you know, I guess blessed enough to be able to participate in a lot of people's cases and trials. It's, it's been, 
kind of my my tithe to the universe a little bit. But the truth is, it makes a difference when when people see that somebody's willing to get out there and make a sacrifice, then it's easier to get more people to come out. And so um, the key is, is if it does come down, you know, the chances are 95 to you know, or more percent of these cases are settled in plea deals. The the courts don't want to take a case like this to trial. But they might, and they have, and they do, and people end up in prison. And people end up dying because they ended up in prison. We don't want to see that happen. We don't want to see any of that happen. So um, I do want to, when we have a time to really dig in deep and do a half an hour or so interview or more, we'll be able to get into, you know, the, the, the support side of this. But, Mark, I just want you to realize that this is a little medium that we have to offer, and you're always welcome to call in with a with a, an update, and I can always give you the five, ten-minute slot to, to, to you know, give us an update or, or let us know something that, that's a need. Um, and it's just one that. of the tools. Thank, thank you, Joe. I really appreciate that a lot because, you know, this fight is about more than just those individuals here. And as important as it is to each of us, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, we are, are all working towards that same common cause, and that's to, to relieve suffering. And when, when state and federal goes after us, that harms more than just one person. That harms all the people who we touch as well. So we have to stop this. We have to stop this progression. We have to stop this pushback. Uh, and, again, you, you, said, you said something very vitally important in this, and that's the understanding that cannabis is not legal anywhere in this country, anywhere in this world. And truly it is not. And when it comes to patients in particular, the, the patients truly are falling under the crosshairs. If they would go after me, uh, there, are, there are caregivers in the state who do far better work, far more work, I should say, than, than I, I am doing. And they are all in jeopardy right now. So we have to take exactly. bring attention to this. Well, Mark, you understand that this is not about you. It's about the bigger picture, just as my case yes. wasn't about me and, and everybody's case isn't about them. This is really about fixing this problem. Well, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for driving me around. I really appreciate your help, <laughs> and I expect we'll be seeing more of each other soon, and I expect uh, we'll be hearing more from you on the show as we're going. I'll I'll be in touch with you about uh, uh, scheduling a, a future interview. Well, I enjoyed it all very much, Joe. You know, any time at all. Please know that. You bet. Thank you. You, you all right, and, again, Mark, and, uh, and your organization mean a lot to me. So, <laughs> uh, you know what? We're just we're we're glad to be able to help. All right, folks. That's Mark Peterson from Colorado. He's a, a caregiver and a, a medicine maker and a defendant now in Colorado. All right, up next we have Sharon Raybert. Now, Sharon Raybert is a uh, she's she should be um, have that little Wonder Woman, uh, you know, crown thing and the golden lasso and all that. You meet her and you realize that she they they miscast that part. Um, she's somebody who uh, has she's cast out of the same cloth that I am. I heard her speak. Um, she came after me at the VIP event and. You know, they told me at the last second I had, you know, less than 10 minutes to get this point across to people I didn't know. I'm like, yeah, right. And, of course, I did what I could, and then she come on after me, and I'll be damned if she didn't say the stuff that I didn't get a chance to in, in, in a way probably better than I did. Um, she's a, a rage survivor, and she's taking she's taken that experience 
and fueled her, and she's accomplished some amazing things. And, again, this is a teaser interview, but this is Sharon Rabert from Peachtree Normal, who I'm very proud to uh, say that I know. Welcome to the show. No Hi, pressure. Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> well, it's good to be here with you, and um, I was so blessed to uh, share some space with you this week in Colorado. So I appreciate you having me on, and, uh, yeah, so you know how I well, feel. Well, why don't you tell Tell I'm us sorry. a little bit about. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what brought you here. And like I said, we're going to try to do this in less than ten minutes. But but the point that I want you to get to is just really quickly, in a nutshell, what what got you involved with this, and then the the, the ultimate vision that you have. You know, you you get why we made this coalition so so well. And I just if you can just express that just a little bit. Uh, that and the fact that we're going to be getting back together in Georgia in a couple of weeks, and we're going to really kick this thing off hard. Right. Well, I don't think you had to let anybody know that I was from Georgia with my accent. But uh, <laughs> anyways, so, yeah, about 12 years ago, uh, we are raid survivors. My entire family was uh, raided a shock and awe type campaign with um, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, the Appalachian Drug Task Force, and our local sheriff's office here in Lumpkin County. Um, They were looking for my daughter in drugs. Uh, She was 19 years old, honor student, uh, taking hard classes in college, doing a great job with her life, going along, you know, like a normal citizen does. And uh, she had a few friends over, long story short, uh, four hours after these kids, four or five hours after these kids had left our house. Um, a SWAT team came in and pointed guns at my 14-year-old and my 19-year-old as they were pulling them out of bed in the middle of the night. Uh, searched my house. Uh, unbeknownst to me, I'm thinking there's no way they're going to find anything, and if they do, it's going to just be a little bit of cannabis, and that's exactly what they found. Uh, and I'm thinking they're going to let you know leave out of here with their tails tucked, but instead... As the sun was coming up over the mountains in North Georgia where we live, uh, my daughter was being put in handcuffs and taken off in a police car. So um, we did a lot of work on the local level. I was a pissed-off mom. I threw stigma to the side and said, you know, I'm not going to allow this to happen uh, to other people. So that's kind of how we got involved. And you know as well as I do, I feel like prohibition is is a crime against humanity. And, you know, after we finish and we end prohibition, some of the staunch prohibitionists that have been fighting us so diligently, I would quite frankly like to see them in some Nuremberg-type trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, causing, they're causing, you know, devastation of entire communities. They have stolen an entire future of a generation. And... This picture is much bigger than any single individual or any single family. And, you know, that night put my entire uh, perception of the land of the free uh, into a different perspective. And so uh, my family all became activists pretty much before we even knew we had. Uh, We worked on the local level, like I said. Then I started reaching out to national organizations. And what I've been doing is trying to do exactly what you're doing, and that's bringing on 
people from all different demographics, uh, different political parties, as this is not a political issue. It's a nonpartisan issue. It's affecting everyone. It's even affecting the, just this simple taxpayer that's never seen a joint in their life. And uh, it is time to uh, bring everybody together under an umbrella and in provision. And I'm proud to be and on the team. And now we're doing it together. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been following you for a long time and listening to the show, and and uh, and I'm just thrilled to have been able to, again, share space with you for, for a few days. Well, you know what's wild is you've got the Pete's Tree Normal going, and, and I, I have you know mixed feelings about Normal as an organization, but there's a few chapters that are amazing in, in it all. You know, people are people wherever you go. And so – but you set up the Peachtree Normal in such a different way than most of them are set up. And I, I've watched you guys in courtrooms and helping out prisoners and doing the same stuff that we do. And, and, and I always felt a, a kindred spirit. And my one of my chapter coordinators from the, we call it the Southern Style chapter, which covers four states, <laughs> and Georgia's one of them um, because of such giant membership we have out there. Um, but the point is, is that um, she's also one of your board members. So it's, it's, there's correct. A, Kim Smith is, has really, yeah. Yeah. Kim Smith was uh, very involved up in Tennessee with normal. And when she, when I met her up there and she said she was contacting me, said she was moving to Georgia. I had been watching the human solutions international through her and so she was just a natural fit for our board, and we're very pleased uh, with all the work and all the hard, hard uh, fought in the trenches work that she's doing here in Georgia. And we're so proud of being in her space as well. So, well, I get to meet her in person next uh, at the at the Netroots conference. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, all right, well, Fantastic. Sharon, um, this is just the beginning. Um, this coalition is literally making history, and you watch what happens. We're we're just uh, you know the bow of the boat that's crashing through the water right now, and you're gonna you'll feel the wake if you don't if you don't feel it direct. So um, please, if you're thinking about helping out, if you're thinking about maybe it's time to do a little more. Now is a great time where we have a perfect storm, and you could just pay attention, folks. You're gonna see a whole lot of big things happen, and we're gonna start it right in the heart of it all in Atlanta. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to seeing you in a little bit, and we will dig deep uh, in the next couple of weeks and months as it's coming along. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Bye-bye. You betcha. All right, Sharon Ravert from Peachtree Normal. And now we have Bobby Rodrigo. And uh, Bobby Rodrigo is quite an individual as well. And I, as you notice, I like to – have a little intro for people, but I met Bobby Rodrigo through the um, Kyler Carriker case out in Kansas. There's some alliteration, folks. You do that one three times. Anyways, um, you know, Bobby is with the Coffee Party amongst a lot of other um, projects and, and organizations, but that's how I met him. And ultimately, he was responsible for giving us um, the airtime on this station. We had a another station that we were paying for at the time, and uh, Bobby offered me uh, a slot here. And uh, I'm, I typically, uh, uh, sometime during the show, give a shout-out to the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network, and we're very grateful to be a part of this great programming. And Bobby's got a show himself. Um, but uh, Bobby's an amazing individual, and he's part of a number of different uh, progressive um, 
just really forward-thinking, active organizations that are taking uh, getting things done on a lot of different levels. And and they're all, as I appreciate so much, outside of the cannabis world. And they're very mainstream. He's involved in a number of legal organizations, working with attorneys, doing some pro bono work. Uh, I met Jennifer Ani through him, I believe. Um, and just a lot of amazing things happening. So Bobby and I have been talking and working together on a number of different levels for about two years and finally, uh, this last weekend, we were able to meet in person. And uh, I can just say that uh, this is going to go far. So without further ado, we've got the amazing Bobby Rodrigo live on the air. Bobby, how's it going? Welcome to the show. No pressure. <laughs> I'm singing in the rain. You said it was a perfect storm, right? I'm singing in the rain. Okay, so, I, so wait. So, okay. So hi, everybody. So here's the deal. And all you people, male or female, depending upon your sexual persuasion, I want you to know that one of the greatest things about this phone call is I get to be reminded that I'm one of the guys in the world that actually physically knows Sharon Raver and Ashley Weber. And let me tell you, that's pretty damn good if you're a heterosexual guy. I've got to tell you, because there are some dynamite women now. Of course, I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that we have any kind of extracurricular, absolutely not. But let me, it's okay if they're across the room. It's really nice. And, of course, they're dynamite <laughs> women. I, I, I kind of put it out there, Joe. I mean, you're in the group. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. You know, the, the ladies are, you know, one thing about cannabis is that the great women come out of the woodwork, and there's a whole bunch of them that work and, and so a whole bunch of them that lead. And, I mean, after all, they are half the population, and they are the better half, so it's really nice to see. That's kind of like a perk. You have a perk. <laughs> in, in, in the Prohibition fight, we have a perk. That we need to pay attention to. Behave yourself, gentlemen. God damn it, don't ruin that perk. <laughs> How the hell no, is Bobby's on a roll. I love it. <laughs> so, well, I mean, listen, I don't even need to talk about it because I get to see all of you again in a couple of weeks, damn it. And, 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 and so, yeah, we, I'm, I'm planning on the party um, after I we do all it. the work. I love it. You know. you know, we worked really hard. Did you tell people what we were doing? You know, okay, I just first of all, it, I have to plug myself. Got... We, you know, we, I, have, I have to plug myself. Okay, so, so sure. uh, let me be serious for Let me be serious for a second, real quick. Because one of the things that's <laughs> very interesting about advocacy is it always kind of, I know, right? Be serious. So it, it, in advocacy is that different kinds of people, of course, come across and there's, and there's overlapping. You know, and, and a lot of people that have been on, including Joe, obviously, in his show, and, and, and Sharon, who was a very, very close personal friend of mine, and and here in Georgia, we live in Georgia as well, though you can't tell by my accent, uh, by the way. So, but, but I have never, I've never been raided. I've never done prison time, you know, with uh, cannabis or drugs or anything like that. My experience in this is, is more of an advocacy side. When I was 14, 13 years old, my closest friend, or actually the guitar player in my band, his, old, his older brother had leukemia. And we, I would be, we would all be jamming and practicing. And afterwards, me and him would play gin rummy because he really couldn't go outside because he was going through chemo and stuff like that. And I watched him smoke cannabis, and he told me why. And I, I already was using, uh, you know, it wasn't adult use, obviously. I was 14 years old. But I was already using, been around cannabis already. But he was using it for, the, you know, to fight nauseousness with chemotherapy. And, and, he, and he died probably within two years after this time period, not in about maybe a year, 
he actually had gotten stabbed. I, I grew up in New York City, and he actually had gotten stabbed, and he came out of remission that way. Uh, everybody understands chemo, uh, I mean, uh, leukemia, you can understand why. And then I had another friend that I was working with in the music business. His name is Debbie Yarrow, a marvelous young lady, uh, two years older than I. We became very good friends. We hung, there was four of us that hung out together, two guys, two girls, but we, were just, we just hung out as part of the group. We were all in the music. And, uh, and she had leukemia. And she also would do it, you know. And, and, and so I say that because I've, I've seen firsthand the battles that go on and what cannabis does to help with that battle. And I've always been an advocate, you know. And, and so I think it's important, um, as you, all of you that have talked tonight, um, you know, make clear, is that it, the issue has tentacles throughout society in so many different ways. The issue is important in so many ways, and it affects positively as much, with, you know, from the cannabis side, it's all positive. From, of course, the government side, it's horrible. Uh, but to break it down real simple, cannabis has obviously the same medicinal value as Rolaids, for example. If they're helping nauseous stomach, and so if for anybody who wants to have an analogy used to show how ridiculous, everybody knows that cannabis helps people on chemotherapy. Everyone knows that. They know somebody or whatever. So just an app. But getting back to the fun. Netroots. You guys are coming to the Netroots. We're going to have a ball. It's going to be the Human Solution International, Peachtree Normal, um, Drug Policy Alliance, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, just on the prohibition issue alone. And then you've got the Tax Revolution Institute and the People Against the NDAA and the Solutions Institute and the Housing Justice League are all going to be in this group. We do better. Around three, four thousand people who are politically progressive, essentially. The conference is a progressive conference. And by the way, when Joe said I was progressive, it didn't—he didn't mean that I was progressive. He meant I was progressive. So you, everybody's understanding what that meant. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure we understand the difference between progressive and progressive. Okay. So absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> it's such a disparity there. Um, and then, and, and so we had a ball. So I want to get back to having a ball. Joe and I, and Mark Patterson, and Sharon Rayburn, and Amy Dawn, who I met, and Ebony Knight, uh, we were all in golf carts the other day at the Cannabis Invitational in the middle of Denver with 100 golfers playing shotgun scramble. And all the vendors are out there, and there's and there's a dab cart just like there's a beer cart. Um, I know because we saw them really close. <laughs> and, and and you got the all you got all personal stop. with it. Last I remember, <laughs> I, I, I do recall this. So so and the world did not end. Nobody died. The, 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 there wasn't a, an uptick in crime. There was a prosecutor that I, I, read a, I read a headline. I didn't read the story yet, God help me. There's a prosecutor in Denver in one of the counties that says that using cannabis leads to homicide. I'm like, really? So we were driving around. Joe and I were in the same car, and I didn't crash. He's a witness. I never crashed. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I, I made a couple of interesting turns, but everything worked good. We actually yep, took yep, some yep. postcard pictures for Jeff Sessions. We're going to send him some postcards. Absolutely. Really took a lot of pictures, took a lot of pictures, took a lot of film to be announced at a later date. I think Joe's going to be playing a little some sound bites on that show, A Cup of Joe, you know, that one that's on. Oh, that's this show. That's right. So, yep, so yep. we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And let me tell you, 
these Joe, Sharon, Ebony, Amy, Regina, who am I missing? The, the farm guy and Quabana from Atlanta Food and Farm, North American Food and Farm, who I just was in a meeting with earlier. They did such a marvelous job of talking about real subjects. And Joe is right about what he said with him and Sharon because it was like listening to a continuous conversation. It was great. Joe started here, Sharon ended there, and it was like it was written for the same people. It's fantastic. It was marvelous. It was marvelous. Um, and it's so great to know all these great people. Uh, and, and positive things are going to happen because positive people are involved and there are people out there swinging. And, and, I, and I can tell you about Mark Pedersen's case. I'm not Mark. They can't, they can get, what are they going to do? They're going to say, they're going to say, please take the stand. I'll say, yeah, I'll take the stand. So what do you know about the case? I says, I read everything in the discovery file and you're morons. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> they, don't you think the moron analogy is accurate? Uh, it, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's mm. as ridiculous as any of them, for sure. Moron, morons with power. I'm sorry. Let me clarify that. Morons, morons with police and a, power. And an agenda. Mm. Don't forget the agenda. Hmm. Well, yes, they have an agenda, but hell, with police power, they don't need one. That's the damn problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it makes they, it even I mean, worse. Yeah, they see how they behave. Yeah, or it's true. Yeah, very true. But we were playing golf. Well, actually, we weren't playing. They confused us for golfers. Until we were they watching saw that we didn't have any clubs. Yeah. Yes, but until they realized that we didn't have any clubs in the back of our cart. Kind of hard <laughs> to play with them. But... We had a ball, and we were there. And meanwhile, there's a prosecutor. It's just ridiculous. And they're, and they're, prosecuting, they're prosecuting the guy in the next golf cart from us. Mark's in the next golf cart behind us. They're prosecuting this guy in the state where it's legal. Uh-huh. I hear you. It's, just, it, it's mind-blowing. Well, Bobby, this was just a little tease. We're going to be talking a lot more. I'll hopefully be uh, able to pop in on your show, too. Um but we got a lot of big work coming on. We got this Sunday. coalition. Yeah, I'll, I'll 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 be there for sure. But we got this new coalition okay, cool. that's that's formed, and uh, we we're gonna you're gonna be hearing a lot uh, from us and about us. You know, the UCCA was was formed on the impetus from uh, from the mother of a defendant who was gung ho and saw the value of this coalition, and we got this sort of virtual coalition together with a lot of people. But we weren't really in a virtual world, it's so much more difficult to create in the same way that we can when we sat together in that room. And there's just something magical about being in that room, the energy being shared. Was amazing. And, and, and the intensity of it is so much different than a big conference call. And I think that's what, you know, what was needed. And uh, I just feel so strongly about this coalition and its abilities. Um, I'm, I'm driven in a way I haven't been in a long time. Um, to bring it mm -hmm. to life. So I'm looking forward to uh, continuing this. And, Bobby, I will, uh, well, hell, I'll probably talk to you later on tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. Be well, everybody. Have a fantastic, fantastic night. Viva la revolution. Absolutely. Okay. The amazing Bobby Rodrigo from Famed in Song and Story. All right. Up next we have Aaron O'Neill, and then we'll have Tom Corby to wrap it up with the NorCal Report. Aaron O'Neill is a defendant who has been on the show numerous times. Um, Aaron, how's it going today? I'm doing pretty good, Joe. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I'm on fire, motivated, and ready to uh, 
close the deal. <laughs> Let's bring this thing home and end prohibition. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, cool. Thanks for having me on. I got some news for you guys. Uh, some movement this last couple of weeks in my case. Um, the uh, sure. prosecutor, my sure, my the prosecutor uh, contacted my attorney Joseph Tolley and uh, offered to um, dismiss my ca- my new case. I already won the first case, unanimous uh, jury verdict, not guilty jury verdict, uh, about a year ago. Uh, second case, they offered to drop, dismiss all the charges if um, I was to sign off on allowing them to destroy the cannabis. And I turned it down. I said, nope, we're going to see a jury. (laughs) I like you. (laughs) That sounds like something I might do. Actually, it sounds like something I did. But go on. (laughs) Please do. Yeah, well, well, we have a pending lawsuit right now against El Dorado County. It was filed on 420 of this year for the previous case. we filed a $4.4 million lawsuit um, against them, and um, I had a conference call with my civil uh, attorney, uh, Jennifer McGrath, and um, uh, Joseph Tolley. Together, we had a conference call, and they felt that if I were to allow them to destroy the cannabis from the second case, it, it could possibly uh, damage the first case. And uh, they think uh, they thought they felt that um, that uh, it would weaken my civil case, and that's why they were trying to go that route. So. The civil cases. Well, when you uh, have a civil case and a criminal case in any way linked, you're absolutely right. They'll they look anything you say can and will be used against you. Just remember that, and it applies all across the board. And if you give them anything, it's a, it's unfortunate because you gotta literally, you know, stand all the way. You gotta you you can't give up an inch if you're gonna take it and win the whole prize at the end. And and there's a lot of little prizes you could take in in as a consolation. But at the end of the day, if you're in this all the way and and you're not going to bow, then you just got to stand all the way through it and you know let the chips fall where they may. Um, yeah. It's it's exciting though to listen to somebody who you're you're in really small company. I mean, I, I, there's been so few people in cases that have you know been willing to 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 you know not flinch all the way through it and. Uh, I I I applaud you. <laughs> well, thank you. I guess I guess that's kind of where I'm at. I felt like I was the right person at the right time, with the right resources. And I, you know, I've been involved in normal. I've gone. I've lived in Sac- I live in Sacramento, California. So I've gone. You know, to ASA meetings. I've gone talk to the legislature. I've done all that. And you know, in the end, I finally decided the best way that I can affect change is to um, take the fight directly to, to the people that are causing the problems. And so that's what I decided to do. See that bloody tip of the spear. That's, that's, that's where all the fun happens. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I decided to do. So we're winning. We're, yep. we're, uh, this is a really good case. I hope, you know, when this, if this goes to trial, I, you know, we'll see, but if this does go to trial, I hope everybody can make it down. Um, we're going to have, we're going to put on some a really good trial. We've got some really strong witnesses. And that's the thing too, is like the support I get from my, the collective I have, I have about 35 members of my collective and the support I get with them is just incredible. And, you know, they're the reason why I'm winning. I mean, they, they, they're standing up, they're not being afraid, you know, they're testifying, they're, you know, risking being prosecuted, but yet they still keep standing strong with me. So, you know, that's important to have a good, uh, well, good that's group the key people to it all. I mean, if you're there by yourself and nobody's, nobody's going to stand up with you, the, the, the judge and the, uh, the prosecutor and the jury all take note of that. But when you all stand up together, typically that only happens when you're right. 
and that's just one of the things that is, you know, kind of goes across all the lines. People don't stand up and fight something like this unless they, um, you know, unless they got nothing to lose, which, you know, in murder cases and whatnot, sure, people are going to stand up and say, I didn't do it because I got nothing to lose, whether they did it or not. But this is something that you have an opportunity to walk away with without a problem, and you're still carrying the fight to them. That typically only happens when there's something real important behind it. And when you've got a community yeah. standing with you, you know, that is what the human solution is all about. That is the nature of it. Whether you carry our banner or you do it on your own or you do it any which way, it doesn't matter. That's the point is, is get that community to stand with you. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the thing is, is, you know, I'm fighting to, to do what I do with the rest of my life, which is to cultivate cannabis and help patients. And that's not about the money for me. And I, you know, I thought, you know, from my perspective is if I don't fight tooth and nail with everything I have, no matter what they throw at me, I'm not going to be allowed to do those things that I want to do. And that that's what I made the decision eight years ago that I was going to take my life in this direction. You know, I worked 20 years in neonatal intensive care and I worked in the medical field for a long time and discovered cannabis uh, through kind of by accident, uh, you know, treating my uncle with cancer and, um, you know, I, I just saw, I read the studies, I read all the information come out of Israel and all the different places, but then when I actually applied it and saw it happen in front of my own eyes, I thought to myself, oh my God, they've been lying to us this whole time. This is incredible. This is crazy. What, what's going on here? And then, so then at that point, um, I, I moved in that direction and I've just been moving in that direction uh, ever since. Well, I appreciate that you're uh, taking the stand and that you get that, this is bigger than you, and, um, you know, if you do end up picking a jury, make sure I, I hear about it. If I can get up there, I certainly will. Um, but the most important thing is that we got a courtroom full of people, and, uh, you know, they know, how to, they know how to do this right. So, Aaron, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, I, I definitely uh, welcome you to come on anytime to share these, uh, these updates. I appreciate them. Thank you for having me, Joe, and I will keep you updated uh, that, that this trial was scheduled on August 22nd. It will be continued. We were asking for some discovery, so nothing really to report okay. on um, the trial. So I'll let you guys know when it gets a little closer or if it, or it, gets, or if it happens. Keep us informed. And thank you. All right, again, okay. Aaron O'Neill, defendant from El Dorado County, California, standing tall. All right, we got about 10 minutes left in the show, and that's just enough time for Tom Corby and the NorCal Report. Um, what more do I have to say? Tom Corby speaks for himself. He's one of the icons of the community, and he's uh, he exemplifies. He's the quintessential uh, human solution leader. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Um, Want to hear what's going on up in NorCal? Uh, thanks, Joe, and Coffee Party Radio Show, Becca and Mary. All those on the front line coming together putting our wrists aside, being the solution to finding and prohibition and free all our POWs. We're rocking up in, court, in NorCal, as you show, and I've, I've been saying for years how we set precedents up here that we can use all around the world when I talk to my people up here. Uh, with ICFA, our Inland Canvas Farmers Association, been involved with these people in Butte County for over 12 years, fighting our rights to have our garden against Measure A that Joe knows very well about. We uh, have been raising 
Bobby phone on Facebook uh, or wherever uh, plants clone for our burned out victims up at Sweet Flat, Wall Road Fire. A lot of them are friends. I can't imagine what they're going through. I want to thank all those donating clones uh, or grocery store or donating nutrients. And, of course, the Human Solution International is always involved, thanking us all for coming for them. That's why my phone's been. I've been up in the mountain. And thank Alex Lyons and all those folks with ICFA. I have uh, members to breathe. Donna will tell you, and that does help right here. I am out of breath. Uh, and we're not a man of brevity, Joe would tell you. <laughs> we could talk alone, just the history with Joe and I, and how I don't know anybody that's come from more court supporting people than Joe Grumbine and his co- and company. Uh, I have a letter here <laughs> from Michelle Hubbard. I had it ready to put it in the mailbox, and it got wet with a sprinkler and it's all smeared up. So I'm going to send it out tomorrow. And in this case, folks, uh, when we know that it has to be there in a couple of days, we can also send her an email. So she'll make sure to get the letter. It's always best to send personal handwritten letters. These letters go so far. I like to keep this to brevity in one page and just cut right to the chase. I think it's the number of letters, not so much how long. And you go on and say, uh, I have her letter here. I'm going to read it. And this is this letter, and we have many, is a letter for leniency and sentencing. It's actually uh, different than we've ever done. It's a diver, deferred plea, a 9096, a lesser charge for uh, Michelle. I have my. I like to have my letters attention uh, to who may concern uh, D. A. David Lerner, County Superior Court, from Tom and Donna Corby, North Cal Human Solution International. My address, subject, what I just said, leniency and sentencing. Dear sir, please consider our request to find leniency in sentencing. For Michelle Button, who was helping Jeremy attempt to treat epilepsy with cannabis, a natural herbal remedy rather than a pharmaceutical. Current laws on cannabis we've talked about for years are antiquated. They're all making money on us. I didn't say that here, but they are. Being a Schedule One drug with heroin, what's that say? Oh, God, it's just a plant. And we use it in this organic, natural form. We don't dilute it. We don't do anything with it. It can't. Uh, consider that under California's AUMA that uh, Joe told me to mention in California, all these cases now are misdemeanors, the good side of AMA. What's that say, folks? Oh my God, we don't go to we don't go to jail for misdemeanors. That well, we've always said no one should go to jail for our plant. We're setting huge presents up here with cases like Nick Moran, who just won a jury trial, and Alex Lyons, 
immediately after got his case dismissed because the DDA didn't want to take the case. Uh, so we also have, we have the Benos and all these folks with Tully uh, and Aaron O'Neill, and we want to thank Joseph Tully. He has set the pace up here. When he comes in, they pretty much stand to attention when Tully comes in there. Uh, when uh, Ryan O'Neill, when you go to trial up here, please let us know. We'll try our hardest to make it up there to Marysville. Now, with a lot of county, it's always good. People come a distance if they have a place to stay that night. Uh, we can rent a room or whatever. A few folks stay in it. Uh, what else do I have here on my on my calendar? What's I, what's happening with my calendar? I'm looking back. After I got busted and joined Human Solution International and joined Southern Cal with Northern Cal, only two chapters, I spent days at Joel, and many will tell you, in those courtrooms all over Northern California. My calendar was pretty much full. I'm looking at my calendar right now in July of 2017. I have only one thing on that calendar, and that's Lyons was supposed to be jury trial selection. What's it say there? Lyons case dismissed. We really have no cases up here now. Uh, actually, next week, I'll try to get it to the calendar. We have talked about Eric Pierce, had all his cases uh, his case, on his case, all his charges going away, but misdemeanor mushrooms. Now, I always suggest putting the recommendations in and, you know, and, and being scripted, uh, recommended it, prescription, but recommend with your doctors. He's actually with, with, with cousin psychotropic, not covered under 215, 420. He's going to use the sacrament. I've talked to Tully and uh, Firmino and some of the top attorney. It's a tough road to hold on the sacrament. Uh, so he's actually bringing both. That's okay. And he's actually coming up uh, next week, the 8th, I believe at 8.30 in the morning for another TRC. And that's all really I have. I talked to James Benno down in Sacramento uh, at Eddie Left's uh, uh, Green Heart Awards, uh, which he got an award. She and some of it. it was really nice. And he said, I asked what's going on. I said, what's going on with your case up there with Tully? He says, actually, it's in limbo. I don't think they even know. So that's why we don't see me on the calendar. We used to see cases all week long. So we're setting all over the world with the Human Solution International, and I want to add a word to that. This is the humane human solution. We come from our heart. We don't make money. We'll throw the money in, and I thank God we have it. Those that don't, we'll come for you. Just put your time in. We've got to stop the madness. This, this war, cannabis, we know was illegal in the first place. Controlled Substance Act, all making money off. We're, we're pretty easy-going folks until you get us mad. When they vote us folks like that, doctors and lawyers, nurses and people older like that, they bust the wrong folks like Aaron O'Neill that keep coming. Thank you all today. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. I always like to have notes, and I see that 
I'm not going to go over time today, Joe. And I want to thank you all today again. All those who talk on this radio show is so uh, All right. Well, thank you once again, the amazing lion-hearted Tom Corby. And you're right. We nailed it. Um, We're actually going to hit this right on spot. Uh, I want to thank the Coffee Party and the Coffee Party Radio Network for giving us a place to be. And uh, Willie Nelson's got a little something to say. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Have said and done. You were always on my mind.